welcome to episode 10 of the Fun of the Run podcast. I am so excited that you're here today. I can't believe that this is episode 10. It's gone by so fast, and yet I feel like I still have so much more to say. I'm Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady on Instagram. You can find me there sharing funny posts and crazy reels and just honestly down-to-earth life experiences about my running journey. Uh, I would love to hear from you. If you ever want to direct message me there, feel free to do so. And you can also reach me at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com. Today I'm recording um, in my master closet. It's my walk-in closet in my master bedroom, very close to an Air Force base. So just as I was getting ready to hit record, the jets were roaring overhead, which I love the sound of the jets. But just, you know, in case I'm recording and you hear a weird noise, that's probably what it is because it seems like they're they're pretty active today. I also wanted to just say that it is getting to be summer here, even though it's not. Technically, it's spring. But today it's going to be a little bit cooler. I think the high is supposed to be 78. So I felt comfortable recording my podcast episode first before I head out for my run. I've got four miles with strides today, so I should be okay running in the afternoon. With All right, without further ado, let's get into episode 10 called When Pre-Race Nerves Get Out of Hand or My Long Beach Marathon Story. Let's go. Okay, I ran Long Beach Marathon in October of 2021. It was actually October 10th. It was on a Sunday. And there's a little bit of a backstory before I get into the actual marathon itself. So bear with me. I hope you're here for the stories because that's kind of all I know how to do is tell stories. So I ran a virtual marathon in June of 2020. So I was supposed to run grandma's marathon with my friend Holly that you've heard all kinds of things about if you've been following me on Instagram or listening to my podcast. Holly and I were going to fly to Minnesota and run Grandma's Marathon. Well, COVID happened and that got canceled. So I ended up running um, 26.2 miles around neighborhoods in Surprise, Arizona on June 24th. And it was like a 115 degree day. I started at 3.30 in the morning. Anyways, it was not my best ever marathon experience. It was extremely hot and it kind of soured me on the marathon distance for a while but fast forward about I can't remember exactly what month it was February March of 2021 the Boston Athletic Association put out a post on Instagram and I think sent out emails and basically made this huge announcement that due to the reduced field size um, of the Boston Marathon 2021 due to COVID and all of that that they were going to have a virtual option to run the Boston Marathon. Now, this virtual option was open to anyone. You did not have to qualify. Uh, You just basically had to run 26.2 miles on the same weekend as the Boston Marathon would take place physically. You had to do it on, I believe it was October 8th, 9th, or 10th, 2021. And Again, I know this is kind of a back a backstory. It's a little bit detailed, but it has to do with Long Beach, trust me. When the Boston Athletic Association made this announcement, there was a lot of negative reaction to it by people who 
actually did qualify for the Boston Marathon. And as many of you know, Boston can be a huge goal for some people. It never has been for me. Uh, It's not something that is even on my radar. For one thing, I would have a very difficult time qualifying for the Boston Marathon. Extremely difficult, and I don't feel confident that I ever could. But also, it just doesn't really interest me, and that's okay. But when I saw this announcement, I thought, well, here's my chance. You know, I can have a piece of this iconic race. I can run 26.2 miles virtually. I've done it before. I can do it again. And then I'll have a unicorn medal, and I'll get the cool shirt, and I'll be a Boston Marathon runner, you know, in in a sense. Not that I'll ever do it physically, but virtually. And so I was excited. So I liked the post that I saw about it, and I started going through the comments, which was a big mistake because there were a lot of people upset, like I said, saying, well, they shouldn't get a unicorn medal. That's wrong. They didn't qualify. Basically, you're just allowing any Joe Schmo or Josie Schmo or whoever to just sign up, and 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 they can get the same medal we get, and that's not fair. And it was just on and on and on, just these comments. And it was just, it was one of those times that made me feel really bad as a runner because I just, I, I felt very discouraged because it's like, okay, well, there are runners out there who are extremely supportive of any pace, you know, all body types, whatever running, but there are still people out there who are very much not supportive of back of the pack people. And there were a lot of supportive comments as well saying, well, why can't these people, you know, have a chance too? they're not going to be running physically, you know, the race, they're going to just be doing this at home or, you know, on the streets of their town, what's wrong with them having a piece of the action and, and it just went back and forth. So it eventually all came out that virtual runners of Boston would not get the same medal as the people that ran Boston physically that year. The people that ran virtually, their medal would look the same, basically. I think maybe it was a different color, like silver instead of gold or something. But it also said virtual on it. So there was no um, way of getting it confused and a very clear distinction that, yes, this was a virtual race and you don't get the same medal. So hopefully that made the gatekeepers happy. As I, I'm sure you've guessed, I signed up for the virtual Boston Marathon and told my coach about it, even though I had told him I was done with the marathon distance and I was never running another virtual marathon and I was never going to train for a marathon in the summer ever, ever again. It was just too miserable and too hot just, he knows not to believe me. So I signed up for this Boston virtual marathon and it would, like I said, this was the beginning of 2021. So there was months and months left and training did not start until about June. So this whole time I'm thinking in my mind, how am I going to run another virtual marathon? It's going to be really tough without crowd support. It's going to be really hard without a start line or a finish line. It's going to be really difficult without aid stations and no race day adrenaline. That's going to be really tough. So I was talking to my friend Holly about it and she's like, well, Michelle, I'll ride a bike next to you. I'll have snacks and cold water and, you know, and I'll, I'll be there. I can ride it with you. And I thought, okay, hey, that sounds actually really good. That's much better than being out there by myself. So that was my first original plan. Well, as time went by, I started thinking, wait a minute, maybe I can kill two birds with one stone and maybe there's a race that I can physically do on that same weekend 
and I could earn Boston simultaneously. So I started Googling races that were not, you know, a million miles away from my house. And I came up with two. One was St. George Marathon and one was Long Beach Marathon, which I had never heard of Long Beach Marathon before this day. Well, St. George Marathon ended up being too early. It was the weekend before and Boston was very strict with you had to run your virtual race on one of three days, October 8th, 9th or 10th. And St. George was like, I don't know, the third or something like that. So it it wasn't going to work. And so Long Beach became my option. And the good thing was Long Beach had like a seven and a half hour cutoff for the marathon. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, perfect. (laughs) I'm going to be fine. And so I started, I went ahead and signed up, talked to my coach, talked to my husband. It was five hours away from my house. And I was like, honey, we can make it a vacation. And, and he agreed. He's, he's so good about that. And we just planned to take the two youngest kids with us and, and we would make it a weekend. So that was the plan. I signed up for Long Beach and I started training in June. Now training for a marathon, a fall marathon when you live in the Phoenix, Arizona area, I've touched on this before and I don't mean to beat a dead horse again, but it's really hard. And there are days where it's 115 degrees, 116, 117, and you are trying to decide, do I go outside and risk heat stroke? Because even if you go early in the morning, it's still hot and you can go when it's dark. And so it doesn't maybe feel as hot. But it's still some days, you know, the low is 88, the low is 90. And, you know, whether you go in the day or night or whether you go in the early morning or the late evening, you're still going to have a hot run. You just may not have that sun beating down on your head, which does help. Trust me, every every little bit helps. But I got to a point during training for Long Beach Marathon where I just was in a funk. And I remember one day specifically I was out at Marley Park in Surprise, and there's a two-mile loop there that's tree-lined, and it's my go-to a lot of times in the summer, but I get sick of running that same two-mile loop. It's boring. It gets boring, and so this day I was out there, and I think I had 13 miles to do, and it's hot, and it's summertime, and I'm just like, I was so miserable, and I got sick of running that two mile loop. And so I ventured kind of outside of the perimeter of the neighborhood where there were still some trees. But after three miles, I kind of stopped and found a little bush or something where there was shade. And I pulled up my email on my phone and I'm like, hey, coach, I, I, I just can't do this. This is ridiculous. I told him what the temperature was. I don't remember what the temperature was, 105 maybe. And I said, um, you know, I, I'm not doing this. I said, I'll walk. I'm going to walk the last 10 miles. I will get the mileage in. I will do it. I'm not running today. I'm not doing it. And he was very supportive. He always is very supportive, Coach Ben Jacobs. He's seriously, he always has my back. And since he's been my coach for the last, what, four years, he knows me and he's like, he, he knows what to say, you know, to kind of talk me down. And I was very distraught. And so he said, okay, that's fine. Just do, do what you can. Don't push yourself too much. Don't, don't get sunstroke or whatever it's called, sunsickness. Don't, don't hurt yourself, but do what you can. And, and that's good enough. You know, you can, what your best is good enough. And so I am 99% sure that I walked 
the last 10 miles of that run. And I remember various times during that Long Beach Marathon training cycle emailing him and saying, look, I, I think maybe I need a week off. I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't want to run. I don't feel like getting up at the crack of dawn to try to get a run in and it's still going to be absolutely miserable. Uh, I've been running on the treadmill like every day this week. I don't want to run on the treadmill again, but I do want to run Long Beach Marathon. And so I would just go back and forth and I would just be like, look, I don't know what I want to do and I don't know what to do and I'm stuck and and I I don't know. Mentally, I, I'm just a mess. And, and he said, Michelle, take a week off. There's nothing wrong. Take a week off. It's okay. You know, we all go through this. We all get into these funks. You're fine. Just take a week off. It's good. And so I was so relieved to hear that. And I think I strength trained a couple of times and rode a bike and took some walks and just did what felt good without having a strict running regime that I had to stick to. And I was able to come back and hit things hard the following week, but I needed that week off right in the middle of marathon training. Sounds crazy. It happened. Life is real. Life is crazy sometimes. So I I got through this whole training cycle and got through the whole summer and race weekend came up. I, we left on a Friday to drive up to Long Beach. Now Long Beach Marathon, I'll just tell you a little bit about it. It happens in Long Beach, California, which is about five hours from the Phoenix area. So we drove up on Friday. The expo took place on Saturday and then the marathon took place on Sunday. And then we drove home on Monday. So I Googled places to stay. I found someone else that had run the Long Beach Marathon. They recommended a hotel that was about five miles from Long Beach and was less expensive and just easy to get to the start line. And so we stayed there and it was a wonderful place. If you're ever going to run Long Beach Marathon, reach out and I'll let you know what the name of that hotel is. Just if I remember correctly, we kind of just relaxed a little bit and had dinner and, and went down to the beach and just kind of looked around and just just had a chill evening. But when we got back to the hotel and we started getting ready for bed and I started thinking about the expo the next day and that I was going to run another marathon in a couple of days, I started freaking out for some reason. I started getting really upset and I started getting really nervous and more nervous than I had ever been before for anything, for any race. And I felt like I didn't want to do this anymore. And I didn't say anything to my husband or my family at first. I just kind of sat in the hotel room and I thought about this and I thought, you know, I brought my whole family here. We're spending a lot of money to stay at this nice hotel. I paid for race fees. I paid for all of these months of coaching to get ready for this marathon think of the food, you know, for this trip. Think of my family. I think the kids had to take a day off of school to drive up there. My husband had to take a couple days off of work. And so battling in my mind was this, you know, I, I'm the one that wanted to do this, but now I don't want to, but I brought my whole family here and look at all the trouble I caused. And yet now I don't want to run this race. And I was just starting to have all of the doubts And I ended up 
okay, this actually, when I emailed him, it was the day before the marathon. So it was October 9th. It was Saturday and it was in the morning. So I had gone through the night, Friday night of just battling in my mind. Am I going to do this? Am I not? Is my family going to hate me? And I think I started talking to my husband about it. Honey, I can't do this. And yeah, I did. I had told him, I don't think I can do this. And I'm sorry. I know I brought us all here, but I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. So here's the email that I sent to my coach Saturday morning before Sunday's marathon. Howdy coach. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go through with this marathon. Haven't been to the expo yet, but I was thinking I could go and get my shirt, etc., and then see if I could switch to virtual. I think I could do it by the 12th of October and still get a medal. I just scrapped Boston because it needs to be done by tomorrow. I promise I'm of a sound mind, even though I guess I could be hormonal, just keeping it real. But I tossed and turned last night and just realized I don't want to do this, even though I'm already here. I'm going to be the biggest person there. I'm going to be one of the slowest. I've learned being last isn't the end of the world, but I know for sure I can't handle a cop riding my ankles for miles. I also don't want to get up at three in the morning and deal with the logistics of getting to the start line. My husband thinks I'm crazy, that I've trained for months, and it'll be all for nothing if I don't run. But I know this is just the end piece. I already put the work in. I don't have a problem admitting that I changed my mind. Thoughts? So my poor coach, <laughs> he emailed me back and he said, hey, Michelle, I would certainly support you either way. It is your decision. You have to follow your heart. If it doesn't bring you joy, then you don't have to do it. I think this could be just nerves and anxiety, but I won't pressure you. You did a lot of work, but that in itself is success. So there is nothing to be ashamed of. People change their mind. It happens. I said, okay, thanks. I'll decide here pretty soon. And he said, no pressure. So not too long after that, I sent him another email and I said, I'm just going to do it. I'm here. I got my negative COVID test results to be able to run, etc. I went to all this trouble. I'll really, really try to be positive from here on out. Sorry for the mini meltdown. I'll let you know how it goes. And so that was kind of a little insight into my back and forth with my coach the day before the marathon. My husband went ahead and took me to the expo and my kids were there and we wandered around through all the different vendors and checked everything out. And I have a picture of me and I'm just, I look so troubled. It's, it's kind of sad really, but I've got my finger up uh, on my chin and I'm just like, I'm thinking about, you can tell I'm just really pondering something and I'm upset. I'm just, I'm kind of distraught, you know, and I don't remember exactly what I was thinking when that picture was taken, but I know that I was, I was just debating still, you know, can I really do this? Do I really want to do this? So we ended up going to getting everything I needed at the expo and we went to eat and just whatever, went back to the hotel. And that night I was a mess and I slept terrible and when I got ready for Sunday morning's race, I laid out all of my clothes the night before and socks and shoes and everything. And you guys, this is so stupid. Okay. You have heard, I have heard nothing new on race day, right? You hear it all the time. I knew it and I knew not to do it. And for some reason I was in such a mess mentally. 
I didn't even care. So I brought the shoes that I was planning to run in. These shoes had served me well. They were comfortable. I didn't have any issues with them. But for some reason, I decided, you know what? Even though I've never done this before in my life, I am going to run this marathon in compression socks, full-on compression socks. Now, I had run a marathon before in compression sleeves with my cushioned running socks, but never just the compression socks, okay? And if you've tried them, they they don't have cushion on the on the feet, on the sole, on the toe, nothing. They're just they're comfortable like for recovery in my case I love them for recovery. But I decided, oh, it's a great idea. I'm going to run the whole 26.2 miles in these awesome shoes and I'll go ahead and just wear compression socks. No biggie. I think my husband might have even warned me. I didn't listen. And went to bed and got up the next morning and put those stupid socks on. Sorry, they're not stupid, but it was stupid for me to wear them. Backtrack a little bit. When I got up that morning, it was super early. So I don't know if it was three or whatever. I had to get up really early to make it to the starting line. And it was dark in the hotel room. And I said something to my husband when the alarm went off. And I said, I'm not going. I'm not going. And he said, what? And I said, I'm not doing it. I'm not running this race. Just forget it. Let's go back to sleep. And he said, Michelle, uh, that is so stupid. And I said, I don't want to do it, Dustin. I'm not, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be last. I'm going to be the fattest person there. I can't do it. I'm just, I'm not ready. I don't, I don't want to do it. And he said, Michelle, we drove all the way here. Come on. And he just kind of, you know, and the thing that I, (laughs) that he said that really, socked it to me, I think was, if you don't do this, you are going to hate yourself. You are going to regret it so much. If you don't do this thing that you have trained for all summer long, you are going to be so upset with yourself. And he was a million percent right. He knows me and I would have been so upset if I would have showed up and been there and not actually run the race. And so I got my behind out of the bed and I got ready and he drove me to the starting line. And life is so crazy. I I don't know. I think I'm crazy sometimes too. I am a crazy person sometimes. I really am. Sometimes I just don't know where I get these crazy thoughts from or these weird ideas, but I just, for some reason, had it in my head that I couldn't do it that day, even though I've, this was going to be my third marathon and it was in a beautiful place and it was going to be decent weather and I had plenty of time to finish. I was just thinking in my own mind, I, I can't do this and, and I don't want to do this, you know? And so once I determined I was going to do it and I was at the starting line, I just quit thinking about all of that stuff, all of the bad things. And started focusing on, okay, I'm here now. I'm going to do this and I'm just going to make the best of this day and do what I can. Well, it was a little bit hard for me to find. I I say my husband took me to the start line. He took me to a general kind of area where I was at, where the race was generally, but I, I couldn't see the actual start line. And so he started walking with me to try to find it. 
And a few minutes in, another lady started walking with us and we kind of struck up a conversation and it was her first marathon. And I told her, well, this is my third. And so we just started chatting and then she's like, Hey, you know, I'll go with you. And, and so we both decided we'll find the start line together. And so my husband went ahead and left. And so I had a new friend, Morgan, and we stretched together and, you know, found the porta potties and, and talked and shared how many kids we have and, and just different things about life. And, and we were standing next to each other when, when the race started and when the national anthem was sung, I just was about in tears and I was so, it was dark and there's a picture. I'll probably, I'll go ahead and share that picture to my stories when I release this episode, because just seeing that picture makes me want to (laughs) cry because I was in such a vulnerable place. I feel like that morning it's dark out and I'm standing there and I have my hand over my heart and I'm listening to the national anthem and I'm thinking, here I am, you know, and I, I don't feel ready, but I, but I'm going to do this. And there were just so many emotions. And then, you know, the gun went off and, and we started going and Morgan dusted me in the first mile, but Long Beach starts off where you are kind of, you're in the city and you're running between uh, the, the buildings and you're going under an underpass and you see a few a different few different sites around the city. So you're running through the city and then eventually not too many miles in you go you're on a freeway and then you start seeing just the ocean. You start seeing the Queen Mary, the oil rigs and just various things that are just for me, where when you live in Phoenix, Arizona, you don't see water very often and you don't see Queen Mary type ships and you don't, you don't see oil rigs and you don't see the kind of sights that I was seeing that day. And so it was really an awesome experience and I'm taking selfies and I'm taking, you know, pictures and, and whatever, and I'm running and I did pretty well for the first few miles. And as I'm running this race, I would see Morgan ahead of me and then I would catch up to her. And then she would catch up to me and then I would catch up to her. And so we kind of did this the whole 26.2 miles. I would see Morgan all through, uh, all throughout this race. So as far as this race goes itself, uh, there were a a lot of people and I can't remember exactly how many runners, but it was, I would say it was comparable probably to maybe the Mesa marathon. There were several thousand runners that were running this full marathon And it was a beautiful setting. We ended up eventually running on the beach. Not, we weren't running literally on the sand. There's a sidewalk that runs through this particular spot in Long Beach. And so all of the runners were running on the sidewalk that was in the sand, basically. And so we ran on that. And there was a point during this race where I tried to run as much as I could. You know, I would take a walk break when I needed to. But for the first several miles, I was pretty much just running through. And there was a lady ahead of me that was walking at this one certain section of the race. I think at this point, we weren't on the beach. We were still in town. Well, there was a spectator on the side of the, of the course. And the lady in front of me, like I said, she was walking. The spectator said, what, what are you doing? Why are you walking already? You're, you're supposed to be running. And of course I was running. And so she just said, yay, good job when I passed by, 
but she gave that other woman a hard time because she was walking. It just didn't seem like she was really somebody to say anything about about this. And it bothered me because I know how hard it is to run a marathon and she's giving this lady grief for walking. And it just, it kind of put a negative taste in my mouth. So anyhow, we're running on the beach and we are, it's, it's getting harder for me and harder. And there's a big group of marathon maniacs again, and they were doing 30 second run and 30 second walk. And again, there was a man and he was in charge. And so he would hold his hand up when it was time to to walk, to take a walk break. And then all seven, eight of them, they were wearing red shirts. They would stop and, or, you know, they would start walking and then he would hold his hand up and he would start, they would start running again. And I followed them for a while, even though I knew better because of my episode with them during Mesa Marathon, but whatever, I decided to follow along and just see what I could do. So I, I kind of ran, walked with them for a while from a distance and kept up with them. Well, at about the 10 mile mark of the full marathon, the half marathon splits from the full and they take a detour off of this main road that we were on and they circle back around to the finish line. Well, we still have, you know, 16.2 miles to go. So we turn the corner at 10 miles and there's in this, there's this huge, just this huge amount of spectators. Like there were some spectators the first 10 miles, but nothing like at the 10 mile mark. There were just so many spectators. And so we kind of turned this corner and, and all of a sudden there they were. And I will never forget this. I look over to my right and there's like a, a man and a woman and they are, they had like they set up a table where they had like snacks for runners and, you know, they were just being out there being supportive. It wasn't an official aid station or anything, but they had a pole and this lady was pole dancing. She was fully clothed. She had pants on and she had a shirt on, but she, she was pole dancing. And I was like, what is going on over here? Like what, you know? And, (laughs) and then I go to the next table because, so this group of spectators, there were just people after people after people and they would have tables set up with all kinds of different foods and things and just they were out there trying to be supportive so after the pole dancer the next lady i come to was holding this huge box of donut holes or munchkins or whatever you want to call them and i was like uh thank you but no thank you you know i was certainly not going to uh, have a donut during my, during my run. I just like, no, I, I don't want to risk that. So I didn't, but it was just, it was crazy. So all of that, you know, there's all these spectators. And then of course you keep going and there's not any about halfway through the marathon, my foot starts killing me. And I think it was my right foot, the bottom of my foot. So like the sole, or I guess just started it was like it was on fire. And so, like I said, this was probably, it was probably a little more than halfway. So maybe mile 15, something like that. And that foot just was on fire. And so I kept running through it, but it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And finally I had to just try to run on the side of my foot or 
you know, I kept trying to run on the inside of my foot, on the outside of my foot. And it pretty soon, it was the whole surface, whole bottom of my foot. I was pretty disappointed because even though I knew that the cutoff for this race was seven hours and 30 minutes, if you walk an entire marathon, you may not finish in that time. Depends on how, how fast you run or how fast you walk. Obviously, I had run a significant portion up till now, but I'm literally hobbling down the town, the city of Long Beach. I'm literally hobbling and switching from the outside of my foot to the inside of my foot. Now, if I would have been smart, I think I should have stopped at the next aid station and asked for medical help. Like, you know, can somebody wrap this foot or can you see what's up with it? You know, because it didn't take me long to realize that I had a significant blister on that foot. And of course, dummy me caused it most likely by wearing compression socks that I've never worn before for a run this long. And I've never run, worn them with these specific shoes either. No wonder I have this huge, stupid blister on the bottom of my stupid foot. Okay. It's my own fault. And so I'm just miserable. So I'm miserable. I'm in pain. And I'm feeling like such a failure because this is my fault. Because otherwise, I am feeling great. I'm feeling fine. I'm not having any issues physically. But this foot is painful. And so I've shared before, I am no stranger to pain. I have a high pain tolerance. My husband will tell you that. My family will tell you that. My midwife will tell you that. I did not feel like I could run on this foot. That's how bad the pain was. And so maybe I'm a wimp after all, but I couldn't run. So I'm hobbling for miles and pretty soon Morgan catches up to me again and, hey, Michelle, you good? And I'm like, yeah, how about you? And, and she's good and she's listening to her tunes. And, and then I just started meeting all kinds of people. So other people would catch up to me. And I met, I, I don't know all their names, but I met so many people. There was a lady that was also using Long Beach as a way to earn her Boston medal. So she was, had all decked out in Boston gear. She had a little skirt that had a Boston print on it and a shirt and I think socks. And, and then I saw several people that were, so I'm like, Hey, I guess my idea wasn't all that original after all. And I just met a lot of different people. I met an older lady and she walked with me for a mile or so and told me her story. And I told her my story and, and we shared and we just kept walking and, and then she ended up taking off and running again. And, and I just met all kinds of people and it was kind of fun in a sense because I was, I was hardly alone. There were several people walking and they would, they weren't walking necessarily as much as me, but they would take a break and walk and chat and then they would continue on their way. And so it was actually kind of fun for a while. But as I got closer to the finish and probably closer to 20 miles, I was in so much pain and I just wanted to quit. I can't tell you how many times during this race that I wanted to quit. I never saw a chase vehicle. I never saw a, um, what do you call it? A pace vehicle. There was never anybody riding Oh, there was. I'm wrong, you guys. I, oh, I can't believe I forgot this part. There was a chase vehicle. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened. I forgot about this. Okay. 
Yes, I talked to a bunch of people and it was fun, right? I can't believe I forgot this part. But I wasn't really necessarily walking quick. I, Like I said, I was just trying to, to get to the finish the best way I could and causing myself the least amount of pain as possible. I don't know how far I was from the finish line, okay? But I'm going to say five, six miles maybe, okay? I think it was five, six miles, maybe a little bit less. I turn around and there is not one person behind me. But do you know who's behind me? About 10 guys in lime green vests on bicycles, okay? They were the chase car. They were the pace vehicle. And I turn around and I look and this guy rides up right next to me and I said, and I'm last. And he said, oh, don't worry about it. He's like, you're fine. You've got plenty of time. And he said, just, just think of me as your escort. He's like, I'll be your personal bodyguard and I'll protect you out here. And his words just, I just started crying. I just started like sobbing. And he probably thought, wow, what a weirdo. And he's like, look, I can point out the sights to you. Look to, over to your right. Do you see that lake or whatever? That's the blah, blah, blah golf course. And it's so beautiful. And everybody comes here for this. And I'm just sobbing. And I, he just had this big smile on his face. He Poor man. He was trying to be so positive. And I just put my head down and started swinging my arms. And I power walked and just gritted my teeth and I passed about, I counted them and I can't remember how many, so I'm probably exaggerating, but it's in a post from a while ago. I did count. I think I passed about 20 people because a lot, I was at the end and a lot of people were walk running. And so I power walked past 20 people and got to the place where I was not last anymore. And let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with being last. Someone has to be last in every race. But that day, it was not going to be me. Uh-uh. I, I was not having it. Whatever, if my foot fell off, I was still going to run. I mean, walk, whatever, limp, hobble, okay? I was not going to be last. I wasn't. So bless that man's heart. He was so sweet trying to help me. But I am thankful for him because if he wouldn't have had that huge smile and said he was going to be my bodyguard, I probably wouldn't have started power walking. So thank you, random kind sir, for spurring me on. I got to a point in the race where I was again crying and which I'm not a weenie baby. Okay. But I was upset. I called my husband's cell phone. He didn't answer. How dare him? He was in the shower. <laughs> my son answers and he's like 10. He answers. He's like, hi, mommy. And I'm like, Callan, I need you guys to pray for me. I don't know. I can't finish. He's like, Madison mommy's mommy's in pain she's hurting we need we need to pray for her right now and and he starts like praying over the phone and lord help mommy and this and that it was like the sweetest thing ever and i'm just like you know crying <laughs> and he's like okay mommy i'm and i don't remember what he said but he basically was like he's so proud of me and that i can do it and so i hung up and i did it and <laughs> i got closer and closer to the finish line i just kept hobbling along met a lady. We started chatting it up. Her husband comes. So we don't realize how close we are to the finish line. We're like half a mile, I think maybe half a mile, three quarters of a mile. Well, she sees her husband come up and he's, he runs up towards us and he's like, honey, the finish line's closing in 15 minutes. Come on. And I'm like, 15 minutes. 
And so we, we, me and this woman, we just start booking it towards the finish line where I'm, I'm like, I am not missing this finish line. No way. And so I'm hobbling my way to this finish line and I get close. And I don't know if the woman was behind me or in front. I honestly can't remember if she finished ahead of me or after me. I don't know, but I, um, start getting, you know, I see the finish line. And so of course I get enough strength and enough gumption. I'm running across that finish line. I am not walking across the finish line. So I start running and I put my hands in the air. Like I pretty much always do pumped my hands and I was able to run across the finish line and finish before the cutoff and get my medal. And about three minutes later, Morgan crossed the finish line and I was able to take a picture with her. And it was just, it was awesome. And once I crossed the finish line, I was like, you forget about all the pain. It's so weird. It's kind of like having a baby. I, it was almost like, yeah, you know, let's do another one. Well, that's not true. I didn't want to have to do another one right away, but it was like, as soon as I crossed the finish line, okay, I did it. Wow. That wasn't so bad. Even though I was just in tears, like what, 30 minutes ago, sobbing my brains out. And so I forgot to tell you a funny thing about Morgan. So when we still had several miles to go, maybe 10 miles to go, I caught up to Morgan again and she was on FaceTime with her mom and Morgan lives in California. And so she didn't drive too far to get to this race, maybe an hour or something. She's on the phone with her mom and she's like, mom, I'm almost done. I've got 10 miles to go or whatever. She's like, I need you when you come to meet me at the finish line. I need you to bring me that huge bowl of watermelon in the fridge. And her mom's like, okay, Morgan. And she's like, okay, look, the watermelon's all cut up and it's, you know, it's in chunks. It's in the big red bowl or whatever. It's in the fridge and it's wrapped in plastic wrap. And, you know, they're going back and forth and I wave and, and keep going by her. And I'm thinking in my mind, I want some of your watermelon, Morgan. That sounds so good right now because, you know, it was a hot day and, and I'm like, I want watermelon. It was just funny. And so Morgan, you know, like I said, we would just, we saw each other the whole entire race back and forth, but she crossed a few minutes after me and we got pictures together and it was really fun. And I forgot that there was like a finish line celebration and I just walked to my car and got in and left. I never even thought about going and like seeing my time and, and seeing what vendors were there. I was just out of there. And it was really funny when I think about it now. I do regret that, even though I was hobbling around. And after I got back to the hotel and took my shoes off, I had the hugest blister on the bottom of my right foot. I mean, it was so huge. It was, it was probably four or five inches across. It was across the entire width of my foot and then a couple of inches, um, what do you call it? Wide. You know, it was, it was maybe an inch wide. It was really huge and it popped and it was just nasty. So you don't want to know about that. But even though I was in pain, I wish I would have went around to all the vendors and seen the cool stuff that they had at the finish line. But I just, I was done. I was like, I'm done. I'm out of here. And so, yeah. Went to straight to Starbucks and got an iced mocha. And my husband was a slave master and made me stretch in the Starbucks parking lot. And so I'm hobbling around the Starbucks parking lot, stretching and doing 
whatever they're called, minesweepers and random stretches to try to, so I, my body didn't seize up. Yeah. So that's my Long Beach marathon story. By running that marathon on that day, October 10th, 2021, I was able to submit proof to the Boston Athletic Association that I ran 26.2 miles within their time frame, within their those three days that we were allowed to run. My official time was seven hours, 21 minutes and 33 seconds. Definitely not my fastest marathon, but you guys... I felt like amazing that day. I felt like a rock star because if I could push through that pain and through the distress and the the tears and the man smiling at me, telling me he'd be my bodyguard and, and walking on the outside of my foot and the inside of my foot and going through all of the mind battles that I had leading up to this race, through all of that, I still finished. That's amazing. And I earned that medal. Okay. So I ended up with a Boston, uh, long sleeved yellow and blue Boston shirt and a Boston marathon medal. I had to submit proof of my time and submit proof of everything. And then they eventually sent that out to me. I do not say, even though that, you know, yes, that's a marathon. I ran it the same day as Long Beach. So I don't say I've run five marathons because I've only run the marathon distance four times if that makes sense. So I run Mesa Marathon and then Grandma's Virtual Marathon. And then I did Long Beach Marathon at the same simultaneously with Boston. So that is three. And then I ran Chicago Marathon the following year. So four full marathons, even though, like I said, I I don't count Boston, even though I have the medal in the shirt. So that is my story. That is how, that is how I almost let those race day nerves, those pre-race day nerves get out of hand. Those nerves almost cost me my race. They almost cost me that sense of accomplishment. When you do really hard things, the sense of, of just, of having done something really amazing is bigger. I don't know how to explain it, but it, you know, they say the higher the mountain, the sweeter the victory, I've heard that, or the harder the battle, the sweeter the victory, or something like that. You know, the harder the climb is, you know, you enjoy the, the, you know, getting to the peak more and just stuff like that. And so I can't think of the right words and the right cliches, but, but going through that difficult day, that it made the medal that much more special. It made the experience that much more noteworthy in my mind, where I can look back and say, you know, I did something really hard that day because I didn't want to do it. And I almost didn't do it. And I almost gave up. And I almost just threw in the towel, even though I was right there at the start line, even though I was so close, you know, I was five miles away from the starting line in my hotel room. And I said, I wasn't going to do it. I still did it. And I pushed through and it wasn't my day. And I had, you know, some pain on the course and, and a huge blister. And I made stupid mistakes because I was in a bad mental space that weekend, but I still did it and I still pushed through. And so don't let your pre-race nerves get out of hand. I can't tell you a lot of tips for combating those because I had the same problem the next year when I ran Chicago Marathon. My nerves were just, just 
obnoxious. And it actually started earlier, probably a few days before rather than the day before. And so I just struggle with those race day nerves very, very, very badly. But that was the day that they almost got out of hand and and I almost didn't run Long Beach. And how sad would that be? You know, I would not have my Long Beach Marathon story. I would not have met Morgan. I would not have realized that you don't wear, that I shouldn't wear compression socks, in my case, to run a marathon. You know, I would not have had all of those cool experiences that I had because even though it was overall a painful race, the scenery was gorgeous and I would absolutely do that race again. So... I'm just glad that I didn't let those nerves get the best of me. I'm glad that I pushed through. I'm glad I had a good support system and my husband telling me, Michelle, you're going to regret this. I'm glad I had a coach that I could reach out to and that he was supportive and saying he would support me either way, but that this is probably just nerves and, you know, that he really thinks I can do it. And I'm glad that I had the support of so many people, even on Instagram too. And even though this was a couple of years ago, and I probably hadn't met as many of you as I have now, I still had support from Instagram friends that really helped in those in those difficult times too. And so I'm thankful for each and every one of you. I hope that this episode has been a help to somebody. You know, I don't I don't consider myself um, a professional or an expert in any way. I like to just share my experiences and my stories in the hopes that that it makes your runs more fun, that listening to me while you're running maybe would, would make your run a little bit more enjoyable. Um, but especially I hope that something I say or something that I've learned along the way will help you in your own running journey because running should be fun and and it should be enjoyable and it shouldn't be always just a, a, a drudge and, and a drag and there will be those days. But overall, we do this because we love it. And this is the fun of the run podcast. And so, you know, we need to keep it fun on here, right? So thank you again for listening. I am so grateful for each and every one of you for tuning in week after week and listening to me just go on and on and and tell my stories. I truly appreciate all of you. This has been episode 10, when pre-race nerves get out of hand, my Long Beach Marathon story. Thanks for tuning in to Fun of the Run, and I hope to talk to you again soon.